0: Welcome to Stories of Faith and Hope, the podcast that inspires your faith and gives you reason to hope. I'm your host, Joel Sutherland. Today, I can't wait to introduce you to someone who is a vital part of Stories of Faith and Hope, Michelle Jefferson. As the administrative assistant at the Lawrenceburg Church, she's the one who uploads the episodes to the internet, writes the descriptions for the episodes, and sends out the emails every single week. I know that you appreciate her work as much as I do. However, that's not all she does at our church. She's also the leader of our Celebrate Recovery program. Now, if you've never heard about Celebrate Recovery, just hang tight because she does explain that during our conversation. Uh, This program has been an integral part of her journey, and I know you will be blessed as she shares her testimony. So here it is, my conversation with Michelle Jefferson. Michelle, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's great to be here. Um, we'll get into a little bit about what you do currently um, with with Celebrate Recovery and and uh, and everything with the church in a little bit. But uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Um, who are you? Where are you from? Um, those basic questions.
1: Well, uh, born and raised in California, Southern California, and um, um, actually have been only been here for about three years in lawrenceburg tennessee but prior to that in california um my uh come from a divorced family and was raised by my grandparents and so um um Wow, I mean that's that's pretty much it. I mean, I'm just I was all about family out there and here. I've kind of developed my own family um, support system here. Yeah,
0: well, I know because my wife Chelsea is you know from California as well, and yes. so it's hard to be so far away from home and family. But yes, yeah, and and of course we're recording this right before Thanksgiving. I'm not exactly sure when this is going to come out yet, but um, it's it's always hardest at those times because you're yes. stuck here. I know Chelsea has to work Thanksgiving evening, so um, as well as as the night before Thanksgiving. So yeah. Um, um, let's talk a little bit about your childhood. Um, what what was your life like as a child? You said you were raised by your grandparents, but let's let's go back even earlier than that. What was what was your life like when when you were really young?
1: So my um, both my parents had been remarried three times. Um, third time has been the charm for for both of them, um, but they. I didn't have the best, uh, stepmothers mm. and, um, it was really, um, there was a lot of, uh, emotional and verbal abuse and some, um, definitely psychologically they, they, I was just, I was just a wreck and, uh, there was some physical abuse and I just didn't have that, uh, that loving family growing up, mm. um. It wasn't the typical normal family that you have, where you, you have your siblings and you play and you go outside and you're just carefree. I was constantly on guard and, and worried and um, afraid of what comes next.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you were 10, I know I've heard you share your testimony, and uh, you mentioned the fact that you feel like your life was kind of like Cinderella. Um, what happened when you were 10 years old that, that made you relate yourself to that story?
1: So my dad was um, on his uh, third marriage and um, I had a younger stepsister and it was, um, it was more about not being able to, I didn't have the things that my stepsister had, you know, Mm -hmm. she had this glorious room with everything, like an endless supply of anything she ever wanted um, my bed consisted of a cot in a cradle room with uh, two drawers in um, a dresser drawer to put my belongings. That's sadly how much belongings I had. Mm. Um, I wasn't able to uh, take a bath first, and I had to wait for my stepsister, and um, and at that I wasn't allowed to change out the water and get fresh, clean water. I had to take one after her. I couldn't use, you know, hairspray and just anything like that. Um I wasn't allowed to go and see friends, but she would, and um, and more than anything was that whether it was in school or home, no matter what she did, I was blamed for everything, and I was the one that was punished, which led to me not being able to go see my friends, not being able to do the extracurricular activities. I didn't spend the night at friend's house growing up, so I was really alone just in this room by myself, um, it, you know, yeah, it was just not the most pleasant experience and feeling to know that you've got people, some people around you, but yet you're still completely alone and just shut down. Mm -hmm. Wow.
0: And then you'd spend time out on the front porch. Um, Yes. Tell me about that.
1: Well, um, so my, I want to clarify, my dad um, is a truck driver and so he was on the road and he had no idea Mm -hmm. that any of this was going on um, until later in life. Um, one I was too afraid to tell him but two I didn't know I didn't know how to I didn't know what to say about it Mm. but when um, I I would be able to go and to my grandparents house they were really were my saving grace because it was my escape and I just loved it Um, and I would go over there and you know play dress up and I just got all that love um, and that contentment that I needed and my stepmother would think well You know, her grandparents are picking her up. I'm going to just leave her outside with her suitcase, and I'm going to take off for the weekend. And so she did. Um, There were, I I can't even count, I lost count how many weekends I spent outside waiting for her. I mean, it was enough that the neighbors would come over and bring games with me and play with them until my grandparents showed up. Wow. Wow.
0: Wow so then at that at that point at some point during that experience your grandparents actually decided to take you home and and uh, let you live with them.
1: Yes, it was uh, there was a breaking point when my grandparents pulled up one day and saw me crying and the um, neighbor was consoling me and when they it was their first chance that they actually seen the neighbor and was talking with the neighbor that they found out what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point it was, I mean, by the following week, I was no longer living there and, um, was living at my grandparents from age 11 consistently until, um, into adult. Okay.
0: So was life a lot better at that point or, or what, what, what kind of happened during high school, um, and, and beyond
1: <laughs> I like to say that it was all peachy keen from there but <laughs> unfortunately um, with now I know with uh, with anything um, any type of abuse that you experience there's uh, repercussions from it and there's um, scars and wounds that that definitely need some healing no academically I was failing I um, in elementary school we didn't find out until I was in um, fourth grade that I had a learning disability, um, which is now called a learning disability. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had tutors, I was taking special classes. I ended up getting myself leveled up and everything, but, um, there was a lot of hard work there. I hated reading. I, I, I just, the thought of it, I just would break down and melt down and, and why, I mean, wow. over reading, I, I mean, my poor grandparents, I put so much stress on them and, uh, emotionally too, um, but then in high school it was just um I had a hard time studying I was able to uh, participate but academically I just wasn't achieving where I needed to be and I started going to a a, a counselor who helped with um adolescence and tried tried that's when I started realizing oh there's a lot of things that are kind of coming up at that point Mm. and thought by the time I graduated hey I'm doing pretty good I'm I'm on a straight and narrow path now, I was wrong <laughs> so
0: then you uh then you met your your husband yes. and uh that kind of had a a rocky beginning part of your marriage tell tell yes. me about meeting him how did you guys meet and uh what kind of kind of talk a little bit about the beginning part of your marriage
1: well first, I'll let you know that i had um I, I had trouble relationships my, my whole entire life. It's just, uh, you know, call it lack of a, of a father being there, be it emotional. I mean, there's so many things you can say for it, but, um, I had a lot of trust issues and I just didn't meet the best guys. Mm-hmm. And so, um, um, when I met my husband, I thought, man, okay, well, we're pretty, you know, we're doing pretty well. Um, as we even though getting married, I still knew that, um, uh, my husband was a functioning alcoholic. Mm. Um, he had, I had my past dysfunctions. He had his past dysfunctions and together we were the perfect dysfunctional couple. Mm.
0: So what changed that? What, uh, you talk about, you went, you went somewhere to support him Mm -hmm. and, and ended up it changed in your life as well. Tell, tell me about what that was that you went to and, uh,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> and how that changed your life.
1: Okay. God is hilarious. I, I just, I, I truly adore him because he, he's, he brings things, um, points in your life that you just, you didn't see before and he'll just keep wrapping it around until you finally say, okay, God, I get it. <laughs> I get it. So while, while attending our church that we had been members of, um, he, uh, we got invited to come to a Celebrate Recovery. We didn't know really anything about it. Um, kind of heard the name, but um, we were one of those like, no, that's for those people. I don't, I don't need to attend. Well, after a couple of months of really thinking on it, and it was kind of weighing on us, uh, my husband said, you know, um, I'd really like to go. And I said, okay. And so I went with him that night to support him. Mm-hmm. And... Boy, I left there crying, uh, in good tears. Um, <laughs> well, maybe they're a little mo- of, of mixed uh, because I was like, okay, all right, I need to be here because um, my conception, my, my pre-notion of it was, oh, drugs and alcohol, drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. That's not me. I'm not one of those people. And yet while I was there, I learned that, man, I have a hurt, I have a habit, and I have a hang up. And it's called life. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had, you know, all these other baggage that I thought by the time I was 18, seeing that counselor, I was good to go. But apparently I still had, um, some work to be done and God was still working in me.
0: Hmm. So how, how, or t- tell me a little bit about Celebrate Recovery. You said it's not exactly, you know, specifically for drugs and alcohol. It's for all kinds of hurts, habits, and hang hangups. Uh, tell me a little bit more about the program.
1: So it's... Anybody who's dealing with any type of um, addiction, alcohol, abuse, um, uh, sexual addiction, uh, drug addiction, gambling addiction, uh, also goes into codependency, anger management, or just anger issues with uh, resentment. Um, You have uh, anxiety, depression, overeating. It just, it really it helps with everything and the reason why it helps with everything is because as you go through the program and you hear just the lessons and these testimonies it's all about how what tools do you have in your life that can help you through everything Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, the thing that sets apart Celebrate Recovery from any other secular program out there is that Christ is the center of it Mm -hmm. and I firmly believe you cannot be successful in your recovery, truly truly successful and lay it all out there and give it and surrender everything to God. If you don't first have that connection and relationship with him, and that's what was so desperately um I needed in my life was that connection that I knew I'd never be abandoned by him. I would never be um I would never anger him. He's a loving and kind and generous and graceful God who just wants he's not done with me and he's mm. got He's got plans for me, and I need to just surrender everything and give up, and he'll heal me.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I know that that since you started... Um, get into that program and you've moved out here more recently i know your life hasn't been completely a bed of roses since that no. point So satan is still uh, still been attacked.
1: <laughs> when is that gonna happen
0: <laughs> it's still not a happily ever after but but yet um god has just worked through your lives and and i know yes. you've been such a blessing to me and my wife and to our church here and um what would you say to someone? And now you're, you're leading Celebrate Recovery here at our yes. church. And I know helping other people that are in similar situations. So what would you say in the last couple moments of our, of our program today? What would you say to someone who may be in a similar situation, who, um, who may have had a past similar to yours, maybe a troubled childhood, or, or, or maybe even nothing that drastic? Maybe they're just having difficulty with, with the things that Satan throws at all of us. What would you tell them?
1: Well, I first and foremost, don't give up. Don't give up hope because that was the thing that got me through um, all the challenges in my life. And still to this day, I mean, every day is that um, there is another day. Um, There's another live for today. Don't live for what happened yesterday. Don't live about and worry about what's going to happen tomorrow because God's going to take care of it. And I know that throughout my life it was his hope. It was the hope that I have somebody on my side who stands and walks with me who is not who's going to protect me to the best of his ability without me running my own my own life um and going my own direction. He's He's always there. Don't give up and find your support system, because that is the key to everything is to having that loving support of somebody who's not going to judge you, who's just going to love you and just be there and embrace you, who you are, as you are, where you are in life.
0: That's really good advice. Thank you, Michelle, for sharing your heart with us. And I hope that each of you were blessed by her story. Next week, we continue our series on the life of Daniel with Daniel chapter 11. Now, this is a long chapter with a lot of information, so we're going to take several episodes to get through it, but here's a sample of next week's episode as we begin to tackle this relevant chapter. But God has a plan. He's mapped out your life just as he did the lives of countless others in prophetic history. And he has brought you onto the stage of this earth, just as he did those in Daniel chapter 11 for such a time as this. That episode will be released next week, right here on Stories of Faith and Hope. Make sure you're subscribed on whatever platform you're listening to this episode on so you don't miss the continuation of our Daniel series and other future episodes of this show. You can find out more information and find links to other platforms on our website, faithandhoperadio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Faith and Hope Radio. That music for this episode was provided by Dexter Britain under the Creative Commons license. I hope you have an amazing day, and until next week, have faith and hope.